When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Late Sessions First Round Snapcast. Tonight I'm joined by regular panellists Ian Davis and Charles Clawson. How are you doing tonight? I'm not thank Stuart. Richard. Stuart is otherwise engaged tonight. And it's not the as the man, unfortunately, Phil. Can you see that? There. Can you see that? Yeah. That's a hole in my head. And I'm missing Stuart oh, the same. Stuff. Oh, I'm with you tonight. That's one of the more polite things you can say. Yeah, let's edit that bit. That didn't work. (laughs) Right, so, NFL news and rumours. Bit of news this week. The NFL have decided that they're going to release a schedule on May the 12th. So, last couple of years, obviously because of COVID, it's got a bit later. And obviously the planning for the Week 17 game this year, less pre-season, longer season. Obviously, with the restrictions starting to lift in America, it obviously gives hope, especially to people like yourself, Ian and Charles, who like to travel over to America. And some people just think it's just a fixture release, but it's actually a lot of people wait for it to come out, especially in the UK, for planning the trips. Yeah, it's, it, it's quite funny, because, I mean, obviously we didn't do it last year, but the two years before that, Charles and I have spent... We wait for the fixtures to come out, and the next day is spent working out, right, which games... Aware, and, and between us, we come up with uh, like a road trip of games that we're planning on going to, um, and then we'll get our heads together and, and decide where we're going to go the next, you know, later on the year. So yeah, it is quite for people like us, and I know, I know a few other people who do the same thing. It's it's quite a big thing. And it, I think Charles, as I say, it's quite good fun planning those trips because when when you sit down to look at the fixture initially, we don't actually know where we're going to end up going that year, do we, Charles? And then. But, but right. funnily enough, as well, it's great. And the the the, the, the last two times we've done it because we did it like on the spur of the moment to Miami, which has um, gone down in history to a degree about us going to Miami. But the uh, the following two years, the first time we flew, we did most mostly flying, and then we thought we'd have a good driving the second time. And it's uh, it's quite interesting the differences, but you really appreciate the huge dif- distances you can end up travelling. Yeah. If uh, yeah, you, I mean. Uh, we used to, when we did our planning for the first time, we were doing this as a full road trip. We, well, when I say road trip, this is when we're doing the flights, you know. But we were thinking, I'm trying to think which journey. We flew from LA to New, or- New Orleans, did we? Yeah. No, San Fran. San Fran to New Orleans. And so in our heads, we, we were getting up that morning in San Fran, flying to New Orleans, and we got the day in New Orleans. But... It's not like that. It's every time you fly, 
that's virtually your day. So yeah. that flight takes up the whole day. So you were losing. So which is why the second time we, we tried to do the driving more. And I don't know about you, but I I prefer doing the driving. It's you see a bit more of America, don't you? Doing it that way. I like doing the driving, and, and what puts me off the flights is it's, it's like Ian says, it, you, you do waste a day in the end. But if, you, if, if you're driving, it doesn't feel like a waste of a day. But with the flying, back to the flying, it's you get delays. If you get you get delays, you know we were stuck in Dallas Airport, weren't we? For yeah, oh, it's not a massive delay, but a couple of hours longer than we expected. Yeah, eats into it though, doesn't it? And you yeah, it does. And it's not as if you go for a month, you're there for like a week, ten days, and you try and cram as much in, so your time is valuable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're losing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when we were driving last, last, not last year, last time, we just took off from New Orleans, and we knew we had to be in Dallas by a certain time, and we just ended up driving up to Memphis. Yeah, which was yeah. Which, total, it, 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 we, we decided that was so you cut out then. What was that? A long way, but yeah. you know, what, what a great day! Yeah, it, but it was literally that night we were in a bar. But Charles just said, should we go to Memphis? And I was saying, well, isn't that a long way? He's like, it's up here. And yeah, it's six, seven hundred miles, wasn't it? I, think, I, thought, I thought it was about 500, but I could be it wrong. It might be 500, but, but yeah. And we, we just, so we just set off. Just next morning, we just got up and just went, which obviously if, you, if you've got flights, yeah. you're a bit more restricted, whereas we, we could do within reason what we want, as long as we were in definite places for the games. And that was it. So yeah, it was really good. Yeah. The problem is with driving places is the danger of running out of petrol when we go to these places at miles from anywhere. Yes, we did have um, the children of the car moment. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so obviously, when, a good ta- when we went to get the ferry. Yes. Uh, the other blokes said we there were some blokes just fishing on the pier. It says, oh, yeah. what about? So I went to the boat and it was nice as pie as it turned out. But uh, I said, oh, when's the next ferry? He says, well, we haven't seen one here for about a week. No he, no, he actually said it shouldn't be long. There was one about a week ago, so any day now. <laughs> <laughs> and we've only, we're, we're like on fumes as it is on the petrol. On the petrol. Yeah. I can just I can imagine you two turning up at this gas station. If a guy's asleep or there's no one there, and you're like, right, okay, then we're in the middle of nowhere. Aliens going across the r- r- road. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, obviously, great time of the season for the schedule to be released. As I said, I've been getting delayed the last couple of years because of COVID. And obviously, we've potentially of the international games coming back this year. Doesn't help the UK fans because less time to pay for your tickets. Because normally, you renew them in December. You'd have yeah. them paid off by the May time when the fixtures are coming out. So the delay, it's not the worst thing in the world. Because obviously, people are season ticket holders and you're guaranteed them tickets. But it's just knowing where your money-wise to keep some put to one side um, well I read in the paper today yeah that um, America's I know our, the borders are close to us at the moment but I've read today that they're not thinking of opening them anytime soon to the UK or from the UK I don't know if anyone else has seen that no I didn't see that No. which would be a bit disappointing yeah it would be if they're allowing people to leave the states I know there's a thing on American business that there's quarantine when you come back from like places like the UK because people are still leaving America to come to UK on business. Yeah. So maybe it's quarantine rules like that, and it'd be interesting to see how that will if that carries on quarantine if if Atlanta is scheduled to play in Tottenham. Mm. What's the quarantine rules when you get back? Ten days. That's more than a buy. You can't have a yeah. Sunday. I'm just looking to, on the news. 
But I'm just looking on the news to see about it. But it's been mentioned with the release of the schedule. An American journalist said last night on Twitter that the Patriots fans have got something special to look out for in the schedule list. So is that an international game in London against Atlanta or maybe a home game in London? Because you, oh. you won't come out and say that if there was nothing there. So when New England went to Mexico and they didn't really like it down there. I don't, think, I don't know if any teams have even said they've enjoyed Mexico apart from all the Raiders. It's always full of Cowboys fans that stadium anyway, isn't it? Have you ever seen the game? Yeah, it's full of Dallas fans. Cowboys fans everywhere, yeah. So it's an interesting one. So it'd be interesting to see if Patriots are coming over, um, either from a home or an away team. Obviously for myself, I'll enjoy that. But When was the last time they came over? Did they they play the Rams about 10 years ago? They played the Rams and Bucks over here, haven't they? One and both. Yeah. Yeah, but weren't the Rams the last one? I can't which way it was now. Can't remember now. But they've yeah. won both games. Have come over, and obviously with a new process coming in next season, twenty twenty two, about all the teams rotating. I, I've got a funny feeling that one of the international games every year will be two of the big guy, big guys going against each other. If it's one, what two big teams in England in one at games, two yeah. in Germany and two in Mexico. I think the NFL. Again, with the marketing and the money, you're going to have one of the international games to be big guns. And most of the NFL teams are big guns. Probably over half of them. <clears throat> you could label that hysteria with... If you could pick a game at London of two teams, who would you pick? And you can't pick your own team you support. I knew you were going to say that. Um, can, I, can I pick? Can I pick Dallas and Ian picks yeah. Green Bay? <laughs> um, who would I pick? New Orleans. I I was thinking that New Orleans, but it's, I think for me it's just because I like going to New Orleans to the place. Yeah, so. yeah bear in mind it'll be, it's going it'll be down in London, so it won't be the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean we're talking currently. I'd like to see the Chiefs because I think they're. A real fun team to watch. Mm. Maybe for me, I, I think if I was doing it now, I think I'd pick the Chiefs and the Titans. I'd like to watch. That's mine. Charles? I just both think they're good teams to watch. Me, yeah. Dallas. You got to pick. They've got to play somebody. <laughs> you got to pick oh, another team. There's got to be a, a game. Uh-huh. There. Yeah. The Dallas. Dallas. Dallas, Dallas practice the squad. <laughs> Because, um, and this obviously won't be replicated over here, but they have the best tailgate party that I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, it's partly because it was the Battle of the Bay with the the Raiders, but it was was, fantastic. And it was the last one, wasn't it? It was the last Battle of the Bay. And free drinks. Yeah, free drinks we got. Yeah. I've got to say, free drinks has got to be a winner. It was Jack Daniels as well. (laughs) It was was Jack Daniels' rye. Which I'd never yeah. had before. Yeah, yeah. Probably will never have again. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that'd be a good call. Yeah, what about you, Rich? Who would I? Who would I want to see? If you could do bragging rights, I can't pick my own team, so I can't put that one in there. Um, I would want to see probably Kansas again, literally because of how good they are at the moment. Yeah. They're probably yeah. they're going to be the generational team. 
I know currently Tampa are the team to beat, but you've only got a couple of years tops with that team because I know Tom keeps saying he's going to play, but at some point his body's going to say, I can't carry on. Yeah. So probably Chiefs and Cleveland because Cleveland should have beaten him at playoffs. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I know we all laugh and joke, we have hysteria about Browns and laughing. So I think over the next couple of years, they're already down as favourites for AFC North this year. I think yeah, Cleveland. They're not, yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not messing around no more now. They're a, they're a playoff no. team. They're not a laughing stock at the minute, are they? You know, they are. Turned, they have turned it around the last couple of years. I kind of begrudgingly like Cleveland, and I think you know I'm hoping they'll do well this season. But as we've said on previous pod, podcasts, the name just doesn't excite. No. Or the or the uniform. No. Do you, no. Do you remember the um, when they came over and played the Vikings at tw- um, Twickenham, and obviously they had to bring the mascots and stuff. They had the doghouse, didn't they? They built a dog kennel for dog. Yeah. Do you remember that? Vaguely, yes. And it's like, yeah, I get that, but it's not as excited as I don't know. Like the Jags have made a thing about they've created a mascot over here, and some other teams have got really good mascots. And like I said, it's a dog kennel. It's not. Yeah, but. When Cleveland came over for that game, we went the day before. We went to Trafalgar Square. Is it the um, the Admiralty, the pub? Um, yeah, Admiralty. Yeah. yeah, and and they put on a really good show with different things on. I think they had a mascot there. That was the Browns. That was really good. Oh yeah. yeah. We had those. Got... We had those stupid got... um, foam dog bones. I'm still waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still waiting for mine. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm being delivered yet. Didn't you on the tube? Me and my missus with the uh, yeah. dog bones. With dog bones everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> did I say I was getting you one of those? I think uh, I did, I think, didn't I? I think I did. I thought I'd got you one. No, mine got must have got lost in in the purse somewhere. I don't even know <laughs> if I've got one anymore. I think I might have got rid. I'm not sure. It was but, something that weren't really worth having, but they were good on the night. Yeah. 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 But yeah, definitely Cleveland, a team I want to see to watch. Um, Selfishly, from my point, I'm glad Atlanta are coming over this year because me and Ian have got a bit of a thing here where we're trying to get the final teams ticked off our list and we're both at four to go. So yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta takes me down to three this year. So I can never remember who mine are now. I, I, have, to, I have to go back on one. Um, who have I not seen? I've not seen Philadelphia. Because you're in, you're in America because at the time. We were in America and we couldn't go. Um, I've not seen Denver. Yeah. And I can never remember who the others are. Right. And I, f- I think you missed another one because of being in America as well. No, I did. I missed the Panthers, but we went to see the Panthers in in New Orleans. It's the same year Eagles came over because you're away for a week. Did you miss the Chargers? No, I've not... seen the Chargers. You I'm have sure seen... I've seen the Chargers. No. Because it's... Cause it, and... Chargers, Titans played, then it was Eagles, Jags, and that was the same time you were in America. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, yeah, it's those three, and I don't know if it's the one the Bengals. Have the Bengals been over recently? I can't. Yeah, they came over pre the COVID and played the Rams at Wembley. Were you not? You were either way. I think again that was another trip. I think that. Yeah, that might have been the other one. That might be the one you had about that I missed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I can hope as long as it all goes ahead. Tick Falcons off this year, and I'm left then with Denver Steelers and 49ers. Yeah. My final three. 
Yeah. If we, what... all leave, if we all leave Denver till last, we'll go and watch him in America. Yeah, <laughs> we might be lucky. We'll have a road trip, yeah. Can they be playing on not in Denver because it's cold? Yeah, I was thinking that. I don't want to go to Denver. I don't want to go to Denver. Nothing against people in Denver, by the way. It's just it <laughs> looks cold there when they play. Yeah. This is the problem with the, Packers. with the Packers. We went to, we saw them in uh, LA. Coliseum, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is a polar opposite to going up to Green Bay. Yeah. I saw a bit of Green Bay in New York and it snowed. It was bloody freezing. When I, I saw Dallas in. New York, you know when OBJ caught it, yeah, and and everybody had blankets on. Yeah, it was we so, it was so cold, and you're so high up in MetLife, aren't you? As well, yeah. if you're up near the top, it was it was freezing. And obviously, for people like us from UK, you pretty at MetLife, you're going to be up in the gods. Yeah, and yeah. I've I've been twice, and I the first time I went again, it was against the Raiders, and my blanket actually froze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I can it was that it. cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that. well, we, we talked about uh, we we talked about going up to Green Bay, didn't we? And we said it's just a question. We'll fly in, watch the game, and fly straight out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely good. Obviously, COVID's starting to play easy, and if we can finish yeah. the year with international games, and if you guys get to go out and see, even if it's just two games or even one game, I'm sure you'd be happy yeah. with seeing one. I did just check; it's it's still in the news. The headline is American holidays unlikely. As Britain joins the do not travel list, but if uh, but if it's business travel only, and we need to interview somebody, yeah, Richard, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could class it as this podcast our, business. Yeah, I've got. To, I've just got to mention something else while we're on here, Ian, and I don't. I hope you're sitting down. Well, you are sitting down, but I know what a big Basty Rollers fan you are. Have you heard He's the dead. sad news? He's dead, age 65. McEwen, 60. I knew you'd know. Yeah. I've just seen it. Yeah. It's old, is it? Yeah. Anyway. So, move on a little bit now. So, I'd like to get your guys' take on the new rule what's being passed about the shirt numbers. I've got, I've got, there's two or three new rules I want to mention. If we yeah, do this one, but I was, a yeah. couple of others. There's a couple of changes, yeah. isn't there? Especially with, like the kick, we can get to that one. Yeah, well, the, the shirt numbers thing. I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I was just thinking, what a fuss about nothing. But Tom Brady's weighed in on it, hasn't he? Yeah. Have you seen that? So Tom Brady's just said it's dumb. Um, because people aren't going to know who to cover. Um, which is something I hadn't really, you know, really thought about. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, certain numbers are iconic, aren't they? Like number 88 for Dallas. Mm. You know, it, it's always been an iconic number. So I, I don't have strong feelings on it, but I get where Brady's coming from. Yeah, because I think like, it's like Beckham. I think Beckham's interested in going from thirteen to three, isn't he? Because he was free at LSU. Yeah, but do you just want to, just in case people are listening to this who haven't got a clue what you're talking about, do you want to explain what it is? So obviously, every team have got a set in the rules at the moment. Each position is setting a number criteria. <clears throat> so like. If you're quarterback, your numbers are limited. So I think it's quarterbacks one to mid mid teens, I believe. Might be wrong. Quote me if I'm wrong in that one. All the way through to your offensive tackles, what are in the late numbers? Now there's been a bit of a debate because people come up through college, and for quarterbacks, it's not really a problem because in college you have a low number, and you're pretty much transferred to a low number. But wide receivers, 
and other players have their real number in college but when they get drafted and stuff they lose it based on the position and a lot of people it's, it's trademarked as you know but the amount of stuff Tom Brady has at TB12 or other players who have got their number associated with them start it off in college by signing college helmets in jerseys but then when they move they change numbers like Antonio Brown was at Steelers 84 went to Patriots he had to be number 14 went to Bucks he was a different number Chris Godwin was 12 at Tampa and then obviously Brady came in he said I'm happy to give you number 12 and I think Tom was actually on about changing his number but Chris Godwin was like you can have my number but this ruling is going to allow a bit more of a free choice but I did hear one funny thing if the player wants to go back to the old number they have to buy out all the merchandise currently with that number their old number on yeah I saw something about that are they making it unnecessarily complicated I I, I think they're hoping that no one will want to do it that was well done by the way Richard I'll put you on the spot a little bit there just to explain do you know I think obviously viewers if if you see the beginning of the show especially on the YouTube channel the pressure of getting the introduction to this show is I think I could do it straight away, but there's, I think there's like a, yeah. between Ian, Stewart, Ian Stewart and Sal, I think they like to break it, yeah, and do it. Like, but, well, well, I think the, the only reason we do it is because we want to make sure you you pull your weight and edit the show properly so it looks professional. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I edit this show perfectly and... <laughs> I, before I used to have to edit loads of it out and because I've trained you all well now it makes my job so much easier we are we are just what you men what we haven't touched on is um, the reasons behind the numbers changing it was um, I think it was Kansas City I'm writing started to get short on numbers in a certain range last year um, because of injuries but also because they'd retired different jersey numbers and is this our team's retiring too many jersey numbers then you know because I get an extra special player you might want to retire that jersey like New England might want to retire number 12 Tom Brady yeah but and I, I had a conversation with somebody last year about this now I don't know if it's the 49ers they've retired loads of different numbers so it it's becoming you can't keep doing it you can't keep retiring you've only got 99 haven't you yeah, yeah, that's your maximum. Yeah. It also, so, I think if you start retiring too many, it lessens lessens the impact of the ones that have been retired. Yes, yeah. Um, so. I'm just looking to see how many teams... There's also the parallel with the uh, thing we discussed last week about Edelman <laughs> and whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. If you Surely, if you, again, I'm not saying whether he should or shouldn't be, but if you put too many people in the Hall of Fame, well, it's, it, again, it lessens the impact of it. So you know, some you know, some people have they've got to say no to. Yeah, and there's, you can't. There's no point having a Hall of Fame if you induct everybody. Yeah, because it's but the same. Yeah, but your jerseys again, you can't. I I'm get, just looking. I Chicago get certain and, ones. Chicago and New York are both retired fourteen numbers. Well, that's. Just... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it just starts. Twelve. It starts to not mean anything. Yeah, 
I know that's a bit of an extreme way of putting it, but it's it it, it definitely reduces you know the the real top boys. Yeah, yeah, and they're not and they're not going to expand into the three digits. I'd be very surprised if they did because your shirt's going to look tacky and it won't go well for NFL merchandise. Which is obviously yeah. important. Which is what obviously we always touch on back. We're always looking at progression with the money, but yeah, yeah, it's it is another question. Like you say, you must. It's like you need a criteria for why you'd retire a jersey, or like your name is obviously in football. Instead of retiring jerseys, I normally name a stand or build a statue. Would mm. building a statue be more cost effective than retiring a jersey? Obviously, you're, you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have a lot of statues in San Francisco. Statues at the moment, now. Yeah, but I mean, Dallas don't retire numbers. Dallas haven't retired a number. They've got they've got certain numbers that they don't tend to use, but they've never retired a number. But you can have an iconic number and not retire it. Just have yeah. an age gap between it. So, like, mm. New Eng- Tom Brady's gone from New England, for example, number twelve. Could be ten, fifteen, <clears throat> twenty years before that number's out again. It just yeah. depends on how it rolls. Yeah, but, it's just one person gets the gets gets the idea. I don't know the first person ever to. This is one for the stats fans. The first, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to look it up now, don't you? Go the on, first on. jersey to be retired. Yeah, and just see year on year, depending on how, how much you want to get involved in it. This is this will Ian won't be able to keep up with this. Year on year, how much has increased? Yeah, yeah. You know, there might have been one retired and then nothing for ten years, and then three. And then, like ten in one year, sort of thing. It's 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 a it's a it's a strange one because, like I say, you're limited with your jersey numbers. But it's I think it's an American thing because they do it in ice hockey, basketball, and baseball as well. They retire jerseys. Didn't they do one in English football? Was it Alan Shearer or someone or some some somebody really famous? Of the, I'm, I'm sure there's a there's a, a number for a club being retired. Yeah, I think there is. But I think it was for, might have been a different... Kenny Douglas or something. Yeah. I do get it, but obviously Ian's looking at... I'm struggling to... You've snookered him, Charles. That's what you've done. That's one for Fast Fingers Davis to look up. Yeah, Yeah. I I found that the first ever number to be retired in sport was, I think it's Lou Gehrig. Um, It was the the basketball... uh, Not basketball, sorry, baseball player. Um, But I'm not seeing... Reggie White had his number retired by two teams. Three teams don't retire numbers. I don't know. I knew Oakland didn't actually, but Atlanta don't either. Um, it's, it's just a strange one, but obviously they've got the reasons for it. Yeah, and it'll, I mean, be, it'll be interesting to see how many players change the jersey number this year. Because yeah, I, bet, I, mean, I bet not many do. Yeah. Oh. No. No. Ignore that. I'm not going. To, I'm giving up. I'll come back to it next week. I mean, you've got certain Uh-oh. things like um, Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman's number been retired. You know, after that. Yeah, I, I understand that one. That, I do. I yeah, get that. I totally yeah. get that one. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely interesting news this week. Thirty-eight numbers, or no? I was just thinking as no. as I read that. I'm thinking that's just num- number they retired. Yeah. They can't. They can't retire 38 shirt numbers. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, in fact, Bobby Moore, West Ham. Yeah, get that. Dylan Tabides, Tom Bides, West Ham. 
No doubt. But, no. but yeah, definitely something yeah, Probably to... more, yeah. yeah. But they have... Um, one, one of the other minor changes they made is... Um, the... Um, refer- well, the official... The replay official has a little bit more say now. Not a lot, but they can actually... If, if an official catches... Says that the ball's been caught and the replay official sees that it wasn't, he can actually tell the official on the field now, which they couldn't before. So I think I think that's good, because there's times where you see decisions, and we all know it's a bad decision, and the officials know, because they've seen it again, and they can't do anything to change what's happened. So I do I do think that's good nowadays. You know, we've got all this technology, so Use it. it should be used. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Excellent. So... Despite the snapcast, now I'd like to introduce a special guest joining us tonight from Washington, the host of Listen In with KNN, uh, presented on Fox Sports, um, covered the Super Bowl twice, and also joined the Washington football team broadcast team in 20 t- 2020. It's Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. How you are. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this will be the highlight of your year being on this really downgraded show, so <laughs> can add that to your stats. <laughs> yeah, you can put, it, put it on your website, yeah. <laughs> Look, I get to join my friends from across the pond, so that makes me excited. And I know we're going to have fun. I can already tell it's going to be a fun show with you all. So honestly, thank you so much for having me, and I've always loved talking our football, right, our style of football, and just sports in general, so I'm excited. Yeah, our, our football causes way too many arguments, so we don't talk about that. Yes, especially <laughs> at the minute, yeah, with the European <laughs> So, we've got a bit of a new story, which probably is quite close to you at the moment, Kelsey, in that Alex Smith retired this week. Now, obviously, definitely 100% comeback player of the year from what he came back from. Have you spent a lot of close time with him during his rehab and then, like, last season and stuff, well, in your role with Washington last year? Yeah, that's such a great question. So I will tell you, joining first off, what a year to join the Washington football team, right? The year that we become the NFC East Division champions. Of course, I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, move on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Alex's story, you know, it inspired us all. It's so funny when I actually announced that I was joining the Washington football team, I had on a Alex Smith jersey, and I, I quoted, you know, don't call it a setback call it a comeback and I really believe that's what his journey was it was a comeback for him to prove well he didn't need to prove to any of us because we already knew what he went through and we already know he was a great player but he inspired us all because he did something that I would say not many of us would probably do like if that were me I'm always already done football after seeing that injury I still remember seeing that injury and for me it was different this year because for one because of COVID um, I was only allowed in the media wing of the training facility in Ashburn's like the people that I got to saw was the media colleagues that some of you all and the people behind the scenes. And because of COVID-19, I wasn't even allowed to get near the players, of course, because we have to protect our players, right? Because they're the ones of the football team and we were trying to minimize the impact of COVID-19. So all of my interviews were like we're doing through through Zoom, right? Through visual. So with Alex, I'm kind of like you all from outside looking in. And of course, I get more access um, working from the team. So I will tell you pretty much every player that I spoke with Everyone was inspired by Alex, the rookies, the veterans. I mean, he had us just all captivated by what he was doing in his leadership on the football field. And then lo and behold, when his number was called, 
Alex Smith showed up to play and played an inaugural role in making sure that this team was able to be the great team that they were this year in the season, which is something something that fans were asking for. So I think like many in Washington, I was sad to see him retire. But I'll be honest, a little bit relieved just because obviously I want his health to be first and foremost. And I look at his beautiful wife and his beautiful family, and I want him to be able to be there as much as he can and be able to play with his kids, right, and run with his kids. So I think Alex is one that, looking back, I'm excited for next season, right, because I'll hopefully – Fingers crossed COVID is gone and I'll get to actually be near the players and not just talk to them through Zoom interviews and get to know them deeper. But I will say Alex is one of the most class at guys and I'm just honored to have played a part and worked, you know, with the Washington football team his last season now in the National Football League is what a story it was. And we all saw Project 11. And again, he inspired us all, not just the football players, but us, I think, as human beings and people. And as he said, the undeniable comeback player of the year. Yeah, and I think that, that went across the board with all the teams. I mean, I was just joking about Dallas, but as a Dallas fan, it was fantastic seeing him coming back. And I, I think all football fans felt the same about that. It was a great story last year. Exactly. Right. Even our arch rivals were like, look, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah, was about Washington and Alan Smith yeah. and his story. And he really even brought non-football fans, I'd say, to the table because mm. people, again, were just inspired by his story, what he did with the, you know, learning how to, the military angle, right? And kind of having, a, you know, a veteran help to inspire him. I mean, it's it's literally like a story that, I mean, anybody who's anybody should be inspired by Alex and his story. And it will be one that we talk about for years to come. Our grandkids and everybody else will be talking about it because that was the impact of Alex Smith. It's definitely going to make an NFL film at some point on the NFL channel, definitely. Cause, <laughs> sure, sure. Because no one actually thought he'd actually come back from the injury, did they? I think, I think Washington were already planning to move on. Obviously, yeah. didn't, didn't work out. it didn't work out with Haskins at quarterback. That was the plan. Yeah. That didn't work exactly. out. Exactly. And I was going to say, think about it. I mean, at Washington for a while now, we've been looking for what? general right somebody to take that quarterback spot you know and you look at the last 20 years of the franchise and we've had our share of quarterbacks and as you just alluded to you know we thought it would be Dwayne Haskins you know getting drafted to this team having roots to this area and being in this being from the DMV area I can tell you we love our own right so a kid that we got to know grow up got to see him play um you know in Montgomery County football like it, it was special to us to have Haskins here but as you said you know it didn't go as planned Alex Smith, we didn't know that would happen with him, but lo and behold, Alex Smith did the undeniable and, again, was part of that Washington football team that had one of the best seasons that they've had in a while. And it was, I guess, a large part to just him and his story and just the inspiration he told the guys. Even when he was on the sidelines, players will tell you, he was inspiring us. He was speaking to us. He was giving us advice. He was always there for us. And so I think people forget sometimes it's not just your impact on the football field, but also your impact on the sidelines and how other guys take your story and are able to just kind of evolve that story. Yeah, I definitely think we saw the Alex Smith coaching side against the Buccaneers in playoffs because t- 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 I might pronounce his surname wrong here, but Taylor Heineck. Heineck. What a game to come in. What a game to come in to play for the football team against yeah. the eventual champions. And you could just see Alex Smith's effect off the field. So every time... The Russian oh. offense came off. He, he was sat there, and he, you could see him going through touchscreen, telling him what to be doing to go forward in the game with. 
Exactly. And you just said it. Like, Taylor Heineke came out of nowhere. Come on, football fans didn't really know who this guy was. And this was a Washington football team that had to take on the, of course, eventual Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I cite that game all the time. Washington gave Tampa a fit. And if you look at that game, the Washington football team, who no one expected to, one, win the division, and then two, to give Tom Brady and company a pout, they almost did the impossible with a quarterback that came out of college classes and ODU that stepped up to the task. And you think about all the adversity that Washington had, right? We're going through the name change. Ron Rivera gets diagnosed with cancer. I mean, literally any everything adversity-wise struck this Washington football team, right? And just a plethora of other things happening. But through it all, the team bonded together, got the young guys in, and again, did what they did. So I think you just talk about, that's why people now just, I think, are so proud about the Burgundy and Gold. No matter what the name is going to end up being, we're just proud of the season that they had doing the impossible, getting players like Chase Young and having the season that he had, right? And you think about, you know, Montez Sweat and, you know, Logan Thomas. I mean, so many players stepped up to the call of duty, right, for this Washington football team. And now, again, leading the NFC East, hopefully looking to repeat guys, right, as the NFC East uh, division champions. I feel like we're laying the good groundwork. And I will also say Ron Rivera, I think, also just got fans to believe again um, in this Washington football team. Yeah, he's def- he definitely brought that in. You get your own insight. So going into this season, we're going from Alex Smith as a leader and you've probably gone and got the highlight reel of leaders in Fitzmagic coming to Washington. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very excited for Fitzmagic to be sprinkled all around Washington. <laughs> you know, excited to see what he'll do. All the players are excited for him. He's a fun guy. He's proven on the football field. We want the best of Fitzmagic in Washington. I think that's a, that's an interesting one about Fitz is that the problem is for whoever is number one quarterback, yeah. having him sat on the bench mm-hmm. is a bit of a worry because you've got someone with his with his just his gifts, if you like, and his personality. Yeah. Surely your your number one quarterback, if it's not him, is going to be looking over his shoulder all the time. Right, right. I mean, in Washington again, we're looking for that guy. Right, we talked about it. You know, Dwayne Haskins was supposed to be that franchise guy. You go back before her cousins, right? You know, you look back at just Washington, who we've had in that quarterback spot, or even the RG3 era, because I think that was a quarterback crazed era right in Washington. That that was meant to be the takeoff, wasn't it, RG3? He was meant to take it to the next level. I I media, right? Everybody had an RG3 jersey. Like, people, everybody (laughs) loved the Washington football team. I remember um, last game of the season when RG3 was there and it, it was it was between Dallas and Washington for the NFC East title and RG3 absolutely ripped Dallas apart. And I can remember sitting watching it thinking, <laughs> oh my God, we're going to have this year in, year out for the next <laughs> seven or eight seasons. Yeah. And then he got injured and that was it. Just never the same player at all. So, yeah. Not the same, right? But I mean, he, he was such an exciting player, wasn't he, at that point? Is, and, yeah. I mean, he Everybody excited. He, I would yeah. say, believed on fire. Everybody, everybody wanted to yeah. be our three, and he did for Washington what fans had been asking for. And as you said, what a promising season he had. But it hurts when you see those injuries, and you're right. He wasn't the same player coming back. And you even look at him most recently in Baltimore. Didn't work out in Baltimore either, right? Because he just wasn't able to be that kind of second backup to a guy like Lamar Jackson, who I think RG3 before the injury would have been. And if you look at even Lamar Jackson comparing him to that, I think Lamar Jackson is almost that next era RG3 
that we would have gotten had he not got injured. But again, fans were looking forward to just, oh, that was good times in D.C., I'll tell you why. I haven't, until this year, I had not seen Washington fans so excited about the football team, except that RG3 era, right? Because Kirk Cousins, it was an experiment, right? And we got to taste and test it a little bit. But obviously, it didn't get to where we wanted it to get. And then, yeah, we were left with quarterback questions. Then Alex Smith, you know, comes in, was the guy. And then, of course, we all just remember that injury. So, again, I think in Washington, we've always been asking questions. But that's why when a guy like Taylor Heineke did what he did, it was just like, wow. You know, and that's why I think many, as you all know, were excited when we got to re-sign him. Because we thought he proved himself on that football field. And that's what Washington wants, just someone who's going to sacrifice their all to help the team win. So this is a young team. It's a hungry team. They're dogs, right? They have dogs. They're dogs. They have fight in them. Um, but just really looking for the guy to lead them. But I'd say the interesting thing about Washington, you guys probably see this, is that it's not just the offense, right, that's leading this team. Look at the impact the defense had. Again, everyone uses Chase Young, not just for his football play, but for his leadership style and how that defense also helped him to win games and keep them in games and make them the team that they were this past season. I know you. I know. Sorry, Richard. I know you may find this hard to believe, but talking about success in Washington, there's, <laughs> there's, there's at least two of us on here, and Ian's now dreading me saying this. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> like the Joe Feismans and John Riggins. Yeah, you had to go back, and that's what it. Yeah. So the last time the Washington football team, I always make this. It's a joke, but it's also true. The last time they won a Super Bowl, you all, I wasn't even born yet, right? So I was born after that era. And so people that are my age or younger in the D.C. area, you know, we're like, hey, we want the greatness days. You know, we want the great team that played at RFK Stadium. We want the hog days, right, of Washington football. And I think the team has tried to work up to that point. But, again, the team that's faced so much adversity. But, again, now we're talking about a team that won the NFC East last year. And if you look at the NFC East this year, they have a chance to repeat, right? We have to see Dak back in Dallas. And I think, you know, him back in Dallas makes Dallas a more competitive team. But the Eagles are trying to figure it out, right, with their quarterback situation and if they're able to advance. They have a lot of improving to do after last season, right? You know, they got Carson Wentz out. And then look at the Giants. And to me, the Giants – I would say do I think they got some good quality pieces this offseason but you know do you, do you guys believe in in Danny Jones <laughs> I mean the question now but Ian, 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 Ian yeah. will agree we all know the problem what's in New York now he left Dallas and he's gone to New York so we know the problem right and that's something that we haven't got to talk about um, in this area for a long time because again being covering the team even before I joined the team you know Washington had been Really, the NFC East, you know, people look down on them, right? And we were the laughing stocks of the league in Washington for a long time. Being in the D.C. area, everyone would be like, hey, if you want a good team, you got to go across the beltway and go to that team in Baltimore. But not anymore. People are saying that. They're proud of the team that we have in Washington. They're excited. Everyone likes 99. Everyone likes what this team is bringing to Washington. And let me tell you, they're talking about championships in Washington, and the Washington football team is being included in that conversation just because they like what we're building and they're truly believing in what Ron Rivera um, in his plan for the football team. And there's only one division in the whole of football where every team's got a Super Bowl ring. I'll just uh, point that one out to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> As Kelsey knows that, yes. yes. Best division in football. <laughs> that is true. Right? I mean, but at the same time, I think the NFC East look. We wanted to get back to the, the old days, right? Yeah, the rivalry and the big games. Yeah. So, so, yeah. 
They have teams that have been great in storied franchises. But again, I think finally in Washington, we're seeing those pieces be led. You know, I think about a player like Cam Curl, you know, who had a great breakout season again. I mean, we can talk about Chase Young forever, but so many players, you know, stepped up. Terry McLaurin, right? And, and just being a phenomenal, phenomenal wide receiver. And I think this year getting fits in and we have another quality wide receiver. I think, again, the team really filled some awesome moves. Looking at the draft like this, right? So, yeah. I think, think wash it, wash it, and caught everyone off guard with Terry McLaughlin in, dra- in draft. I think they, they unearthed a gem in Terry. Yeah, and Terry, I mean Terry, was thinking he was like a best kept secret, right? I think he was underrated, and now in Washington, Terry does. I feel like not, not enough people are talking about him. Truly, a quality wide receiver. You could say one of the best receivers right now in football. It's very hard to guard Terry. If you're going to guard him, what are you doing? You're going to probably try to double him, right? Because Terry is just. He's a magnificent receiver. And then if you double him, you're leaving somebody else open so the Washington football team uh, can hopefully get the ball downfield, which is why we're glad to have Fitzpatrick here because he is a guy that has proven right. He has arm strength and can open the field and get the football down the field, which is what we want in Washington. We want big plays. We love big plays in Washington. We have to open the football field, right? So the defense can get a little break uh, and rest time. <laughs> it's, def- it's definitely encouraging to see the Washington improve because – we, we, there's a bit of a laughing joke, obviously, about the NFC East being the teams get to the playoffs, so don't even have to have a winning record. But with Washington up in their game and Dallas, obviously, we're having that back. Potentially, you could go next season, you could have two teams with winning records in the NFC East. Hello. So, hello. <laughs> Hi. I was like, I was talking, but you guys all, I was like, where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> sure we weren't talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was amusing them because you froze up when it first happened, Kelsey, you know. I was saying I was watching something on, te- on um, I don't know, it was on YouTube the other day. It was about, you know, in this world, and you've said it yourself, where we, we've all been doing Teams calls and Zoom calls and things like that. And what they're saying is when your boss asks you an awkward question, what you need to do is just go like this. Let you froze. You just get away with it. <laughs> but make sure you haven't got a cat or something walking behind you as you're doing it, pretending to freeze up. <laughs> but, yeah, we... we... Oh, God. So yeah, we were just saying, Kelsey, before that with the improvement in Washington, potentially the NFC could have two winning record teams going into the playoffs next year with Washington and Dallas, and sort of take away a bit of the laughing stock of the NFC NFC East division with all that team got it playoffs with a losing record. They should give it to a say a team in the NFC South who's got a winning record or something, and the NFC don't deserve a place at the playoff table, but. Whoever comes out of there, the, yeah. the, they deserve their place because their division, Ian's alluded, it's the only division who's won every Super Bowl. It hurts me to say that because Giants and Philly got theirs by beating New England. But, <laughs> <laughs> but No, but you make such a great point. And again, that's what we want to get back to, the glory days, right, of these NFC yeah. teams. That's what we're asking for. And I will tell you, though, I think this will be a new look uh, NFC East division just because you're right we got Dak back in Dallas if his O-line can protect him and Dak is able to be the Dak Prescott that we knew before that is going to be a team that you have to look out for as, as annoying sometimes as Cowboy fans can be I will admit that if Dak can play well and yeah. he's protected 
Houston. Then um, I think Dallas will be compete. I think in Philadelphia, you know, again, we're going to have some questions. But I do believe in Jalen Hurts. And I think, again, if he's a young guy that can get protected, he's a guy that is mobile, right, in yeah. the pocket. And he has arm strength. So if they get him and his receivers show up, I do think Philly is a team. I'm not going to say they're going to be on the winning side, but I think they'll be better than they were last season. Yeah. They were just had the training wheels on. We're trying to figure things out. We saw the debacle kind of happen in front of us. Um, and the Giants, of course, too. I think the Giants are a decent team. So I think, again, the NFC East, they're fighting for respect on their name, right? And we were tired of being laughed at last year and being the laughing stock. Like, I think this season will be one where they're proving, like, hey, we're ball players, we're football players. And look, these aren't the, these aren't the same guys as last year. I think we're seeing them do their due diligence. And also, of course, now we've been through the COVID 19 pandemic. Kind of getting out of it. So I think, again, players will kind of just be fans. Fans will hopefully be back in stadiums, right? And they'll have the fan interaction um, and the fan support. But I think Washington, again, I remember Washington had some guys, too, that opted out last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, right? So getting those guys back um, in the lineup. And, again, those rookies that showed up, now they have a year under their belt. Think about how much better they're going to be this year now that they know what it takes to play in this grown man um, football league. So, and, and we have a quarterback now that we're not, you know, super scared about. I mean, that's, you know, that's magic. Of course, I think, you know, we, we've seen his resume over the past. He's a quality quarterback, right? I think maybe you take away some of the, some of the interceptions, right? But every quarterback has those. But, again, the guy that can stand in the pocket, not afraid, right, when pressure comes his way and can deliver a good quality football, but also someone, when necessary, can move, right, and hopefully make things happen still. So, again, I think it's going to be a new look, NFC East, but Washington does have a good chance to repeat. Yes, definitely. So, obviously, Washington and the football team. So, it was mentioned this week that a list of potential new names has gone out to all the season ticket holders in Washington. So, obviously, we've seen the list, but... We, Charles has mentioned before that us British people, we come up with names, we're not the best. Now, <laughs> we, we've seen the list what's been released, and yeah. it's as often it, there's some on there, but it's like we actually like them as the football team, so might it be better just to? I understand yeah. you've to look at it at the point that it's merchandise, so they'll want something what's catchy, but I think yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people have got fell in love with the football yeah. team name. Yeah. It makes you different. It differentiates you. Whereas in England, teams don't tend to have these nicknames as part of the name. And I know in America you do. Right. But the fact you haven't got one at the minute, that's what differentiates you from mm. all the other teams. And if you then pick a nickname, then you're back in with everybody else, aren't you? I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so I will tell you. So this name, as you all know, has just taken over. It's, it's, it's Washington football team name Mania, right? <laughs> Everybody and their mom has an opinion on what the name should be. And I remember when we first became the Washington football team, everyone was like, that's not a name, you know, you need to get a nickname. And now, as you all just alluded to, people are like, you know what? I kind of like that Washington football team. You know, it kind of stuck on me. We got used to it, right? Change is hard, but then you kind of get used to it. And look, let's be honest. It describes what they are. They're a team, they're a football team that plays in Washington, point blank, period. No one has to ask any questions about it. And I know people are used to mascots, right? Here in college, we have mascots, and you just get used to names. And obviously, the former team, Washington Redskins, that had been a name that was so long it's a story history right but we know why the name changed it needed to change in my personal opinion but i'm actually excited that we're having fan input about it because you know a name i would say is important to the identity of the team but it's not the identity of the team so it contributes to their identity but my identity of football teams i would play on the football field 
and have to show up. So I'll tell you, I'm more worried about the quality of play, but as far as the name, my personal opinion, especially since I'm from this area, I just wanted to pay um, homage to D.C., right? It needs to honor the Washington, D.C. area. So anything that's D.C. affiliated for me, I personally like. Um, I also just like the Washington football team. But again, I'm just glad fans are a part of this because it's important. And, you know, if you remember in D.C., the Washington Washington fans got to be a part of naming the Washington Wizards team right after the team was formerly the Bullets, had to change that name, and fans actually helped to vote for that Wizards name, and it's something that fans can take pride in, right? For me, for my high school, I went to a brand new high school. As students, we got to vote on our high school mascot. It just kind of makes you take more pride, right, when you know you're part of that process. I think it's a new time for Washington, right? They're having more fan input. They're having more transparency. That's part of the reason why I was brought into the football team, to give fans more behind-the-scenes look into the players' lives and who they are. And that's why with this name process, everyone has been involved. So I saw the names. I will say, I don't know if I have a favorite, because I still have to get used to it, but I'm like you all. I don't mind just calling it the Washington football team. Keeping it easy, keeping it simple. But I just, again, if it's a name that we pick, please, 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 let it at least have some type of reference to D.C. We got a brand new G League team called the Go-Go. That's, of course, a nod to Go-Go music, which is native of D.C. And so I think, you know, you just want to name that the people here, the natives here, could take pride in. And, of course, fans across the world, like you all, it's been amazing to see how big football is and how widespread it is and how it touches people across the world. I'm curious, do you guys have any favorite ones from the list? There's, there's one that you can't have in English terms. Charles knows about this one. And it's... it's, a, it's there's a word that you don't use in America, but one of the names is the anchors. Now, the Washington anchors. If yeah. you take the initials of Washington and anchors, that's a word that we use in England, as in wanker, which has a completely different meaning. So you can't have that one because that one stood out to us. It's like, no. <laughs> I like that one. Honestly, I quite like the Red Hogs because you've got the history of the hogs. Right, and you've still got the red, you know, you're known for the red uniform. And so I quite like the Washington Red Hogs as an A. I think that they've got to get on with it because if Kelsey is as enthusiastic, if, 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 if the Washington team are as good as Kelsey is enthusiastic about them, if they win the Super Bowl next season, you're never changing the name. <laughs> yeah. I love how enthusiastic you are. Super Bowl this season would be something incredible and amazing, and they would have their work cut out, especially since the Buccaneers team seems like they kept their strength. But, you know, you're right. I think if we – but this is what I'm saying. I'm you're, Charles, you hit the nail on the head. It's more about winning. That's what we want in Washington, yeah. right? We still got the burgundy and gold. People will still support this football team. Yes, a name is important. Our names are important, right? But at the end of the day, when we all leave this world, people are going to more remember what we did, right? Our impact on the world. That's what we want, the impact of the football team. And the name changes. But if you love something, you know, you might get married a couple times, right? But it doesn't change who you are. <laughs> Just you met, you loved a lot of different people, but you still love. That's what the point is. And so I think whatever the name is, I will be glad about it. I understand there's a lot of things that say, you know, they want to keep the red part just because, you know, that's something that's pride. But again, our colors are still burgundy and gold. If this team keeps winning, that's what makes me happy, right? And it's a lot easier, too, for me to produce content when we're winning, right? Because fans are happier and they more so want to be engaged. And, again, the glory of the Washington football team, you know, the Buccaneers, it didn't matter what their name was. People were just happy Tom Brady went there and did the impossible and got a Super Bowl, right? So the Buccaneers just so happy to change their name. I want happy. 
you know, repeat it, they wouldn't care. They would be like, we got another ring with Tom Brady. <laughs> so I want our fans to just focus on the football quality and the products and say that Washington really did make some great offseason moves to fill up the holes. And again, hopefully have the same success as last season. Hopefully, fingers crossed, be even better. So you're, in, you're enthusiastic about it all now. I'll be interested to see what you're like next season if they are really good. Just how enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the NFC East is up for grabs this year. Washington, again, if they can play like they did last season and everybody bring their best selves, they have a chance to have even more success possibly than last season. And look, I know Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year, but I think Washington fans took pride in being that team that gave Tom Brady and company a fit. All right, that game was probably one of the like best games. Um, you know, you look at the yeah, Wild. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think was- that was Tampa's toughest game in playoffs. And he almost, think about it, if if history had had it and Tom Brady lost to a kid named Taylor Heineke, think about how much of a blemish that would have just been on his resume. Like Tom Brady and company get knocked out (laughs) of the playoffs by a fourth string guy really that came out of college classes taking engineering classes that came out basically off the street and beat Tom Brady. Just think about how crazy that would have been. You know, we just think about Tom Brady's greatness. But that's what Washington does. You know, you, you can't underestimate them. This is a Washington team that beat who? The Pittsburgh Steelers, right? When we were saying, hey, the Pittsburgh Steelers are so great and so that. What did Washington do? They were underestimated, right? They were underdogs, but they came in and proved themselves and proved why they were a top dog that, that game. And I think, again, people like are excited about Richard, if you've not got questions, I've got loads of questions. Now we're just gonna. I know you and Ian have got some stuff you want to ask, so I was just gonna hand it over to you guys. Can I just, can I just sort of take a little bit of a, a, a go off at a little bit of a tangent? Because you're American, obviously. We're English. Yeah. We don't get the TV programs from over there. So without trying to diss you at all, there'll yeah. be a lot of people over here who don't know who you are and where you've come from. Of course. So be, it might be interesting, I think it will be interesting, for, for, for you to give an explanation about who you are and where you've come from and how you ended up at Washington, et cetera, et cetera. Of course. Well, look, I always take the opportunity to expand the brand. This is, again, why I love social media and technology, because you can connect with people. So I am Kelsey Nicole Nelson. I am a freelance sports reporter based in the Washington, D.C. area, which also so happens to be my hometown. I am a graduate of the University of Maryland College Park. So go Terps. I think you all know Terp Nation, as well as Georgetown University. Um, I grew up in a sports family, played a bunch of sports growing up. So I got my undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism and graduate degree in sports industry management and really got to start my career here. So I have done everything, TV, print, radio, worked for SB Nation. I've worked with NBC Sports Washington. I've covered Super Bowls. I've covered the NBA Finals. Um, I go on Sports Talk Radio here in D.C. a lot to talk about all of our Washington teams. So I I do sideline reporting for the Big East Digital Network covering Georgetown basketball. Basically, I do a little bit of everything. And usually people come to talk to me about any sport in Washington. I cover Cats, Nationals, Mystics, Wizards, our football team. For me, it was great to join Washington because, again, a hometown girl, I got to join their digital um, and broadcast program. But I've just encouraged people. Pretty much I've covered every everything <laughs> um, in all mediums. Most people know me from my broadcast work um, on television and radio, um, where I have my own show, Listen In with KNN on Fox Sports Radio. And then, of course, now I have two digital shows with the Washington football team. 
The Fit and the Life, and then I host Washington Unfiltered on NBC Sports Washington, the Washington football team. So essentially my role with the Washington football team is giving fans a behind-the-scenes look into the players' lives, into what they what they like outside of football, and then, of course, bringing it all together on Saturday mornings um, on Washington Unfiltered on TV. So I'm the one that gets to have fun with the players, which is super cool. You know, I've worked as – I before Washington, I was more in the analyst role, really breaking down film and games. <laughs> But now I get to have fun with the guys. You know, I got to talk to Tress Way about his love for The Bachelor and Bachelorette. <laughs> you know, I'm just getting to know them. Um, I got to talk with Cam Curl about not liking seafood. Getting to talk with their parents and their family members. You know, getting to talk with Jimmy Moreland's mom about when he first got drafted and how big that was from, for the family. Even they were so loud screaming that the police actually got called on them. And they didn't know that Jimmy's mom was a police officer. So when they show up to the house, she's like, hey, what's going on? What y'all doing? <laughs> but it was just the joy. So essentially, yeah, it's been fun to be part of the broadcast team, working under Julie Donaldson um, in company. And, yeah, I just encourage everyone to just follow my work. Again, any Washington sports, if you follow me on social media, you will see me uh, covering it. So covering the best of my hometown area. <laughs> It's, it's, it's funny because um, I was having a look at a little bit of a peek at your resume and stuff and seeing what you do. And it's, it's no, I don't think it's an under, understatement to say you do a hell of a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I was just exhausted looking at it. I had to go for a lay down. That's <laughs> been a good way. The funniest thing, the funniest thing about it is that you've got this, this let's say it's this huge resume, yeah. and then you've got this tiny paragraph right at the end things uh-huh. I do in my spare time <laughs> you haven't got any spare time I know I told you look this is I'll show you all this is my cup of coffee this is what's keeping me going <laughs> right now because it's just busy you know between broadcast work and teaching that I do and just volunteer work it's like my day is literally just consumed but I will tell you I am blessed and just happy because I'm doing what I love I knew from a young age I wanted to work in sports and make sports a career. And now I get to do it every day, meet fun people like you all and talk about, you know, my favorite sports teams that I grew up watching. So it's busy, but it's fun. And I just think about being a young girl dreaming of doing this, and now I'm actually living out my dreams. So I'm just truly thankful to be in the position in which I am. I've got a, I've got another funny little thing from, your, from, from what I found out about you. <laughs> out of everything you've done, this is the one thing that stood out for me and yeah. should, should stand out for Richard and Ian. Okay. <laughs> you, do, you run or you're part of a course, I don't know if it's a student thing or what, called An Introduction to Radio and Podcasting. Yes. Where yeah. do we sign up? Yeah, we need that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're rubbish at this. That's replaced the yellow book for dummy guides, hasn't it? I'm like, you all, I'm going to have to have you all on as guest speakers, but you know, it's just fun to get to teach. And really also the students teach me too. I'm teaching students that are running their own serious XM station. All right. They're running their own serious XM station, producing podcasts, producing radio shows. They're learning the production side. They're learning the hosting side. I just think back, I was like, I wish I had this experience, you know, when I was that much younger. And it just shows you how this next crop of journalists, they're hungry and they're willing and ready to learn. So for me, it's great 
great to be on that side because as much as they think I'm teaching them, they're also teaching me and they're keeping me hip with everything and finding new ways to promote podcasts, right? Learning how TikTok can promote your radio show or podcast, right? That's something that before I'm like, I'm staying away from TikTok. I'm like, that might be the generation under me, but just finding new and innovative ways to tell stories. And so I love that. If anybody that teaches knows, like teaches knows, you, you give you give what you get and the students will give you so much more than you're expecting. So that's truly one of my joys. <laughs> less about the young ones what, what about us oldies <laughs> I'm sorry can we hear you what did you say I said less <laughs> what about the old ones like us oh you guys are old you got seasoned professionals seasoned professionals <laughs> I, like, I like that we'll start yeah. using that one oh, yeah. I'll never I'll, I'll, I'll never really end that though now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wise individuals It was the MFL, M for Mother FL, and I was trying to look into that, and it's something we don't really know about over here, and I couldn't find a lot of information. It's the and it's the minor football league, which is a development program, isn't it? Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I don't think people over in the UK know anything about that really. Yes, and it's so funny you say that because actually the minor football league they're partnered with Silver FX Sportswear that I'm also partnered with for my uh, merchandise, and they're actually based in the UK, so their merchandise is actually coming from the UK. Right football league but the minor football league it's a professional developmental league as you all know the national football league has no official minor league system and so a lot of guys you know they kind of have used college right as their crop and they're kind of sort of minor leagues but you look at minor league baseball you look at the nba and they have a g league system and you know there's nothing like that for the national football league so the founder richard miles senior who actually used to play in the national football league saw that problem and created this league 
right now they have 32 franchises, 16 in America, and actually 16 in Africa, and they're preparing for their 2021 season. So it's great to see so much talented guys. You know, the NFL, it's hard for everybody to make it to the NFL, right? There's only so many slots. So it's great to see that in America there's a system for guys to still play professional football on a high-quality level, so not everyone has to go to the CFL, right, or any of these kind of other smaller leagues. Um, in America, right? The CFL is one way, but many guys want to stay home and play. And so the minor football league has 16 franchises in America that these guys are able to still play football um, in their hometowns. And also, I should say, they have dance teams as well, right? So we don't forget about the dancers as well. And so it's been great to be a part of a league that I think is really changing the game, honestly, for football and really giving guys another opportunity to play the game that they love. Yeah. And the only other one I had, I mean, I think all three of us went to the um... – Washington game down in London it was about three years ago now yes, which is awesome. the only one that's ended in a tie as well still <laughs> the only London game that's ended in a tie did you have you been over to London for any of the games yet Kelsey or were you over for that one that's a great question so unfortunately no I was not there believe me fingers crossed I wish I would have been but now that I'm a part of your team hopefully we can yeah. some more international games so even so i haven't been to london since 2008 it's been that long i'm sure a lot has changed um since i was last there but i think it's exciting to see that the league is expanding and growing the game and realizing that they have fans across the globe and that's what's one of the most exciting things and you all will know this but the players also love playing those international games it gives them a new viewpoint a new focal point and it helps them reach new fans helps them expand their brand and so like you all fingers crossed that one day we'll get to meet in person because our watching team will hopefully be going back to play a game over there <laughs> yeah that'd be great <laughs> no, that's excellent. so obviously this next week it's probably going to be a busy schedule leading into the draft for you so have you got any work like you doing anything special for the washington content regarding the draft like getting any inside kind of thing seeing what washington are looking at or is it just a bit of a all over the draft day period coverage that's such a great question. So for Washington, I'm with their Washington Unfiltered series. And so for the Unfiltered series, I unfortunately won't be doing anything for the draft with them. But remember, I freelance. So I have multiple jobs. So I actually will be doing draft coverage as an insider. I will be working with a streaming company called Vitigo. I'm super excited about that. I have more details to come soon. So if you want to follow my work, KelseyNicoleNelson.com on social media, The Real K. Nelson. But super excited. I'll be going down serving as a football insider, talking about all the teams um, and their needs. So basically this weekend, I will be like full draft mode because next week I am going out of town um, to get fully into draft coverage. And y'all, my first NFL draft coverage, which I'm super excited about. I think for football fans, you know, Draft is just one of the most exciting times of the year because you never know who's going to be the star, right, from the draft class. You know, you're talking about Tom Brady. Look at the star he was or Patrick Mahomes, you know, somebody that was underrated and kind of blossomed. I think that's what's so exciting about the, you know, about the NFL draft. So excited for that. Excited to bring fans just, you know, interviews with players and just in-depth analysis and just so much more. So, yes, follow my social media pages for live draft coverage next week. Excellent. Well, I'd like to say on behalf of all of us, Kelsey, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Oh, hang on. Oh, I knew you were going to oh, do that. It does this every go... week. I've got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got questions to ask. You said you'd um, all of, I'll, I'll keep it brief. You obviously do a lot of interviews. Who's Who would you say, if you can narrow it down to one or two people, is, the, is your most memorable interview? Oh, you, can't, you can't pick me, Kelsey. It's got to be one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but seriously, 
you're not the first entry off the board that I can't even use now. <laughs> you know, that's a great question. You know, I've talked to so many different people. And, you know, like just this week, I'm talking to Dorsey Levins and Lynn Dickey, which if people are Green Bay Packers fans, you know those names. But I think the one interview that first comes to mind is my interview I did with um, LeVar Ball. Like once I did that interview, when I say like everybody kind of uh, reached out to me or kind of began to know my name, I didn't know my name. It's because, I mean, you all know LeVar Ball and he, and I was so nervous. I'll tell you all before the interview. So I'm like, this is either going to go really good or really bad. And I'm hoping it goes really good. And it actually went very well. Um, and it was something that everyone cited, but you know, I think with him, I loved it because I got to get a different side of LeVar. I got to get LeVar the dad, you know, LeVar that really has sacrificed for his family and one of the best for his sons, and it turned out really well. So I think he's definitely up there. I think the other one, I'm going to say football, but I really love talking with Warren Moon. I mean, Warren Moon is just an icon and legend, yeah. but really talking about, you know, his football journey, someone that was underrated, had to go to Canada and play and work his way back into the National Football League. But Warren is just a great guy to talk with and speak to. So I think those are going to be my top two. No one get mad. I really loved all of my interviews. <laughs> and actually, if I just say about the Warren Moon one, that's quite interesting because the time that the NFL really started to take off, and we were talking about it last week, yeah. in the UK was was the 80s. And I mean, and obviously Charles and myself are old enough to remember that. Yeah. But Warren Moon was one of the big names when we were first looking at it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's quite interesting that you picked it. His impact on football, just think about it, and what he had to do to really prove himself mm. in the yeah. National Football League. You know, So I think he's a guy, if you get to talk with him, just someone with so much knowledge uh, and just a really a nice guy, a really, truly nice guy that's not afraid to open up. And a, a guy that really helps quarterbacks now, you know, mentors quarterbacks and helps them yeah. what it takes to succeed in the National Football League. Because, look, we've seen a lot of good quarterbacks, but we've also seen a lot of bad quarterbacks. And if I'm a quarterback and I have the chance And uh, <laughs> I think she can still hear us. Oh. Yeah, she's still, she's still oh, yeah, yeah. You just froze up a little bit there. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I can still hear you all. Because <laughs> I asked the question about the the most memorable interview, and you yeah. don't you don't have to answer this following oh. question. <laughs> oh, yeah. please do. Have you, had, have you had a really bad interview? <laughs> Something maybe when you've you've expected the ground, you've hoped that the ground would swallow you up <laughs> tonight. Memorable, you guys are so much fun. I will tell you, and this is not to pat myself on the back, but I will say I don't think I've had a bad interview, and I say that to say I think a good interviewer will make the most out of every interview. And so I think you do have people sometimes that you they have to loosen up to you and kind of you know get loose. But I think. I like to think my personality is warm and welcoming, and so I think it kind of makes people go like this and kind of relax, and so I think I've gotten something out of everyone, and that's why I love honesty interviewing, because you get to sit across from someone who's completely different, usually, and just have a conversation, and so I don't think anyone's actually been that tough. You know, I've interviewed politicians, and obviously top athletes, and movie stars, and you know, everyone's just been great. Everyone's been warm and receptive and welcome. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if I'd have anybody that was hard. If anything, maybe the hardest part sometimes is cutting people off because I'm like, my show's an hour. All right, we got to wrap, y'all. We can talk later or I might have to have you back on. Because <laughs> once you open people up, sometimes they'll just keep going. You know, and obviously you all know sometimes you have a certain amount of air time. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's anyone that's been hard. Now I might have to knock on wood because you might have jinxed me. <laughs> and now my next one might be hard. <laughs> I'll, 
I was thinking from the also from the point of view just to press this a little bit more is if you if you're interviewing say on the sidelines of a game yeah. that must be a real um, tough way of trying to get interviews because you've got to stick your microphone in someone's face yeah. whether they're winning whether they're losing whether they're having a meltdown and you've got to get them to say something yeah that must be hard oh my gosh yes I feel like people don't realize like silent recording is a true craft and it's something that you really work at to get good at and you're right because especially if the team is, is lost right the last thing the coach is going to want to do is have you in the state <laughs> asking questions and I think that's why as an interviewer you have to really prepare and really practice the art of asking questions there is an art to asking questions and how you ask the questions and actually asking insightful and thoughtful questions right you don't want to just be like well why did you lose right because then the coach is going to be mad it's did you watch the game? Did you see the game? You know, we know how you lost. You got to find something particular to point to. But also, I like to find opportunities of growth, you know, like, so what will your team learn, you know, coming out of this game, you know, or something like that. So I think it's something, silent recording again is something that actually makes me, I think, a better interviewer because I'm always thinking, right, about the next question and how to get something out of them. But you're so right. I think it can be challenging if you're not prepared. You know, you always want to be forward thinking, but again, asking thoughtful questions and coaches really like new, new ways of asking questions. So don't just ask the questions that you see everybody else asking on TV, you know, find a way to put your unique spin on it. And this is why I go back to knowing your voice and knowing who you are, even after a loss. I know it's sometimes hard, but I try to not, you know, I try to kind of bring a type of little joy right to the interview to kind of perk things up, you know, cause it's, I mean, teams lose, it's not the end of the world. You might, you most likely have another game to get to, right? Unless I'm covering like a championship or something like that. So I think it's just, you know, knowing, knowing who you're interviewing to, knowing their style, knowing their personality, um, just being prepared, you know, to kind of put a twist on the question to ask it in a different and innovative way. Richard, I'll just, I'll just address this one, Richard. I've only got ten questions left, Richard. <laughs> now I'm, I'm not going to ask, any, I'm not going to ask anymore because we're taking up a lot of your time, and Richard's slowly going redder and redder. <laughs> So I'll, I'll shut up now. Well, yeah, we do appreciate your time. It's yeah. been great. I, I, no, it, it, I would like to say, I, I, I'd like to see you, Kelsey, work on Bill Belichick and see if you could unwind him and so he didn't go, we're on to next week. We're on to Philly. <laughs> we're on to Dallas. Because that's his answer. I need to break down that experience. <laughs> I would actually love to interview. And even it's funny, I think a couple, was it a couple of weeks ago, he was like, did you guys see that? There was a clip of him and there was a reporter um, that asked him, like, you know, how are you doing? And he's like, well, how are you doing? And the guy's like, saying, and he's like, yeah, we, we really don't care. And it was so funny to see a different okay. side um, of Bill Belichick. But honestly, those are what I like. I like the people that kind of give a me challenge. challenges. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they make me work. They make me earn that money. Um, and again, I think those coaches, though, you'll see them kind of break down with reporters who have good, um, you know, talks with them, get rapport with them. Um, and that's what you have to do. Again, it's relationship building. Reporting is relationship building. Journalism is relationship building and really making sure that people know you and that you know them. That's what it is, right? Because a good reporter is able to get something good out of everybody that they talk to. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I'll go again now, Charles. So, Kel- I've got more questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I can edit. I'm not that good at editing. I'm going to keep editing that part every week, Charles. But yeah, Kelsey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Myself, Ian and Charles have really enjoyed having you on tonight. And obviously, definitely so come back again. And if you ever want yes. if you ever want us to come and join one of yours, I'm sure. If, if, if you ever run out of celebrities or guests you need, we'll be, I'm sure we might be available for you. <laughs> if you need to be clowns. Everybody. <laughs> 
But no, thank you all so much, truly. Um, this was so much fun. I enjoy talking with people, talking about the games. And again, it's great to talk to people outside the country, you know, get a new perspective on things and go Washington football, right? I think that's such a great way to leave. Ian's, <laughs> Ian's biting his yeah, teeth at the moment. I'll not go that far. But it's, been, <laughs> it's been great. It's been really good fun interviewing you. It's been fantastic. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much again. Keep up the great work. When I'm finally back in the UK, we will all definitely um, have to meet up. It's so appreciated. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks, Chelsea. Thank Chelsea. you. Bye. Bye. Have a great one. Bye. 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 Podcast Network.